welcome back guys you are listening to the chronic sisters podcast and you are joined by your co-host sean and snorty jess <laughs> oh damn it every single week i'm loser i'm sorry welcome back to episode what is it five i've lost count now it's episode five Episode uh, five, really? Yeah. Wow. Exciting. Very We've been exciting. doing this for over a month now, that means. Uh, that's correct. That's yeah, how weeks work. Weeks Far out. Welcome back, everyone. Well, thanks for everyone that's still sticking with us this whole time and keeps coming back to listen to us drivel about our lives. Um, so we really appreciate it. And we still read all of your comments. So please like, share, subscribe, send us feedback. Send us topics that you want us to talk about and we'll try and cover them in the upcoming episodes. And we've got a lot planned, um, lots of goodies for you guys, and we're super excited. Um, some special guests and yeah, it's just rolling with it and it's just been awesome. Hey. Yeah. And I want to quit work now. <laughs> yeah. This forever. We'd love to just be able to quit work. We've had a rough week at the old yeah. office Yeah, and uh, yeah, look, we'd love to be able to do this full time and just do content for you guys. And um, look, we're working on it. But so we'll instead, get back to it. We're recording on our one day off one for day the off. whole week and mid record um, a new fridge just got delivered to my home. Adult so we things. had to uh, yeah, meet the fridge man. He was lovely. He was lovely. He was so nice. Thank and you my so fridge much. Is She's spicy. She's, she's spicy. beautiful. She's sexy. She's beautiful, which actually leads into this week's topic, kind of, and we'll touch on that in a minute, which is relationships and dating with a chronic illness. And uh, look, it's a hot topic. It is a hot topic. Hot topic. Hot. It's juicy. And Sean was talking about my fridge because it was the last thing in my home that was from me and my ex. And that was just a big self-independent oh, gal moment when the ex fridge got home. here. We celebrated the fridge and I'm actually drinking, as Sean called it, a beverage vino. Beverage right vino because it's a wine. Yep. It's a big milestone. Team. It's great. It's a huge thing. But before we get into all the juicy gossip around us dating and relationships with a chronic illness, you've guessed it it's the fun fact follow-up we're gonna have to make it uh, like a jingle for yeah that, I, I like think. that thanks i reckon we should just sing it every, every week. week and see what comes out and if sure. we're like in tune if we like throw a harmony in there all right i reckon that's a vibe but you started off well you can have thank that you. this week thank you solo again i don't have any fun fact follow-ups this week because i am the honest <laughs> gal okay <laughs> you got your own jingle going. That's fine. So my fun fact follow up. Um, in the last episode, I spoke about a quote specifically that I have on my computer desk at work. And it says the broken are the more evolved. And for the life of me, could not remember the movie that it's from. I can, in fact, confirm that the movie is called Split. Um, and I was correct in that the character has multiple personalities and the actor was amazing in it. Um, but yeah, so it's from Split. And also grammatic error on my behalf when I said on the intro of the last episode and it's bugged me when I re-listened to it I cringed I said um if you catched up on our Instagram it's actually if you caught up with our Instagram eloquent Sean that's a fail honestly Big I just fail. I've let every English speaking person down you I have. mean also I'd just like to ask you a question sure. on air because I didn't actually ask you um. this Fun fact follow-up, but kind of not really, but mm. I'm making sure you've done your homework. I uh, walked past your fucking desk and there were no affirmations no about self-worth and body image written on your desk anywhere that I could see. So this is a public announcement that wow. Shan has not done what <laughs> wow. she promised me and okay. promised you all. Wow, that's a lot of weight that I've got to carry now. Thank you so much for that, sister. Um, well, no. I thought maybe you just, maybe you hit them. Maybe we're going to come out with something, but they, they were nowhere. No, look, I didn't have time. I apologise. Like I said, it was a bit of a rough week. Um, the last thing I was thinking about was my self-worth and my body image. Um, so I guess positive that I didn't think about it, neither negatively nor positively. Very neutral in the old week in the body image so let's bring it back in this week with yeah, relationships look, hey yeah why not let's spice it up a bit so next time i will have a fun fact follow-up with for you and i will i pledge i pledge allegiance to the band of mr schneebly and i will have <laughs> my podcast affirmations on my computer desk okay promise I'll hold and you, you still it. haven't written me one which you said you would as well 
Well, because I wasn't going to add to something that was empty. Whoa. <laughs> dark. Deep. Dark. Deep and dark. Okay. Anyway, let's go on to love and relationships and dating in this fine world that we live in. How good. How good. So good. <laughs> it's grand. Mm. Look, dating at the best of times is horrendous. We now live in an age where you can swipe left, swipe right. And, and just continue to swipe for the next best thing. Like, oh. Oh, this is good. I think I could have better. Like, it, it's so toxic. Such it's a throwaway fucked. culture. I just want to meet a man in the wild. I met my partner in the wild. See, that doesn't happen anymore. Fun story. Met him in a gay bar. I love that story. <laughs> met him in a gay bar with all his mates. And um, he actually thought um, our mutual friend was trying to set me up with our other mutual friend, which was never the case. Um, yeah. And then that's it. Rest is history. We became friends first. It was very organic. It was. That's what I wanted. Very organic. So very um, difficult in deciding whether or not he actually liked me or whether he was just being nice. You know, had that whole turmoil discussion. Um, but yeah, supernatural. And I tried dating um, on Tinder and um, Bumble and all the apps, and it was a fail. And you know what? I was. I was on and I was off and I was on and I was off the apps. Mm. I've had no success. We'll get into that later. Mm. But I was off. And then Sean last week was like, bitch, we have an upcoming episode on relationships and dating. You need to bring some fucking content. Yeah. Because I'm not, I've been taken now for three years. I'm not on these apps. So she downloaded it. She was like, what the fuck? There's 89 messages from so different many. men here and you've not replied. Like, it's just not for me. Like, they're all sleazy and creepy. And I'm sorry, that's assuming, but I've not had a positive experience. You haven't. So. No, you haven't. Um, and then, you know what's even weirder? I was at eating my lunch at work with one of my best mates at work and she's sitting there and we're both like, oh, yeah, he sent me a message. Oh, yeah, he sent me a message. Like it's the same, the same pool. Um. Yeah, it's just like – and that other guy came up and I'm like, oh, we can't go there. He slept with my mate. Like it's just all – it's a lot. Like, it's a lot. It's very incestuous. Yeah, just bring me an organic, real human. Yeah. That is nice. I don't think we know how to do that anymore. No. Anyway. It's a hard life. Anyway. Swiftly but, moving along. So baseline, dating's pretty rough as it is. Adding to that, to add another level of difficulty, dating with a chronic illness or a, an invisible illness. Sucks. <laughs> yeah, it <laughs> does. Suck. It does. And it comes with a lot of weight, right? So for me, I can flash back to when I was single after I'd, similar to Jess, and she'll tell you her story in a minute, Similar to Jess, I'd split up with my long-term partner of the time that I'd been with through like the pivotal growth years. So like late teens, early 20s, like becoming an adult. That was the person that I was with for like four, nearly five years, four and a half, somewhere around there, kind of lose count. But it was over that pivotal point of like finding out who you are. And like I was in a group of friends that we were all kind of doing the same thing at the same time and... I split from him and it was pretty rough and we'll touch on a couple of comments from that experience in a minute but that part where you're back into the wild of dating when you've been very comfortable with someone for like four or five years with this like secret hidden um, baggage I guess because we all look for those of us that have invisible chronic illnesses we can pass as normal in inverted commas so we have like this secret like gremlin on our backs being like how am I gonna tell this random stranger who I'm trying to convince to date me about this really gross gremlin that I carry around with me under my under my jacket you know I do know, sister. Dealing with it. <laughs> yeah. It's real. At it's the a moment. real vibe. It's hey. so real. And, and like, especially with dating and like your intentions for dating, like people on Tinder, you swipe and they're like, wanna fuck? Like, yeah. I'm not even kidding. Like, that's it. That's and wild. For me, my intentions when dating are not that. Like, mm -mm. number one, I have worked so hard over the last two years 
to support myself and give myself everything I ever wanted so that Mm. I don't rely on someone else. Yes. So when I date, I'm not looking for someone to fill a void, whether Mm. that's a home, a lifestyle, financial, Mm. French from like, you know, I I don't, I don't need any of that. Mm. So I'm looking just for an added like positive layer. I'm not going to put up with any shit. So like Mm. I have a beautiful home and a beautiful dog and beautiful family and beautiful friends and a, you know, a crazy career. And I work really hard for that. Mm. So number one, I don't actually fucking need you. So Mm. it's got to be pretty fucking good to keep me interested. Yeah. And two, I don't date for casual sex because you who it's episode five. And I think you might know by now. My fucking pelvic floor doesn't work. So casual sex is not a fun time for me. No. And I'm not going to open up to every man and his dog to be like, here, let me bring out all my trauma and tell you about it before we get intimate. And we may or may not be successful. Yeah. Like what guy's going to hang around for that who's starting his conversation with want to fuck? Yeah, like, look. You know, that's not the calibre of men I want. Oh, no, that's not what we need. No. But it's, it's, it's that conversation. Like you have to open up and be vulnerable so early, right? And there's a lot of research around relationships with chronic illness and that intimate connection with someone and the feelings that people feel having a sip of your vino there mate i am it's a traumatic episode for me (laughs) just cover it just numb it a little bit yeah have one for me um simple like point in case having a vino when you're dating those awkward first dates are normally at a bar or at a pub or out for dinner etc and for me my um what's the word where it's like mm, the the thing that gives me away that's probably the sentence the thing that gives me away <laughs> wow my brain just went nah, nope <laughs> i haven't even had a vino how's your mca oh mate <laughs> debilitating <laughs> so when you're going on a date and stuff the first thing will be like oh do you want to catch up for a drink and i'm like mm, i can't drink a wilder yeah like a juice and then for any general 20 something year old not drinking is a little bit abnormal really and it then asks the question why aren't you drinking and then you go oh i don't drink and they'll go why don't you drink and they go oh well actually i had a stroke um nearly died oh and i've got this connective tissue disorder it means that like my skins and my joints are really um bendy and um yeah oh my heart's um mechanical and um yeah no i can't bend my back because i've got like rods in it um and then you just end up like blah, 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 word vomiting out your whole medical past run. yeah and they're like oh fuck. fuck that yeah that's too much i just wanted to ask if you wanted a drink um but thanks for the medical trauma download and i'll uh delete your number yeah yep yep see you bye so you and bye. then it's you you like you have to then overshare because you also feel like you owe them the opportunity to be to be like bailing early mm. on. Mm. So you, you actually feel like you have to tell them in order for them to go, mm, do I want to do this yeah. with you? Yeah. And Sean and I spoke about it and we kind of like wrote down like, okay, so how the fuck do you date with a chronic illness? And what is the right way to go about it? Yeah. Like it's so hard. So like, yes, we need to be upfront about our illness, but it's so hard. Like when do you do that? Like, do you consider telling them after the first date, the second date, like how early on? And Sean and I kind of said like, opening up is hard. It's personable, mm. even though we're doing this on a public forum. I mean, <laughs> but no one can see us. So it's okay. Um, do but, what we say, not what we do. Yes, yes. <laughs> but like, it is so hard to open up, especially to a stranger who you don't know and someone mm. that you don't trust. But in saying that, it helps you weed out the people who aren't worth your time. Oh, yeah, for So sure. if they can't handle it, like I keep fucking referring to in every episode, in sickness and in health, yep. fuck them off. Fuck them off early. Yeah. Like, so you have to be able to be upfront about your illness. And then we also said we should like, when we date, when Sean dates Zach, <laughs> you should highlight your best assets, like, and don't play the victim card. I mm. think we spoke about that because if you speak about, your illness and then like here's all my trauma and then you're quite sad and quite flat when talking about it yeah, like, your energy me. is reciprocated mm. so they're gonna feel that too so you kind of just have to 
own it. You got to own your totally. illness, own your flaws and be confident because confident looks fucking hot on everyone. 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 And so you just, you need to, I don't know, highlight those best assets. And then when Sean and I were saying last week's episode was on body image and like, so wear something, you know, you feel confident yeah. in and it, whether or not that hides your ugly belly button, Jess, or your stenotomy wound. Yep. Like, you know. Closed in shoes. Closed in shoes, Finger for toes. example. Yeah. You you do you, boo, but yeah. make yourself feel good for the date so that if you don't, you're not ready to open up about the things that might be visible and not mm. invisible, mm. you don't have to. Yeah. Yeah. And also dating is as much as do they want to date you as it is, do you want to date them? Like just because you have a chronic illness does not mean that you're like last year's sale rack. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Like, absolutely. Sis, you, you is no damaged goods. Yes. No damaged not. goods, sister. And just trying to remind yourself of that is actually quite hard because I felt for a long time in my life that I was the last one on the shelf. Like everyone was coupling up, like even in high school and stuff, didn't have a boyfriend. Like I missed out on those early um, dating experiences. And to be honest, looking back now, thank God I didn't date in high school because the sex stories from like my friends who had like their first time when they were like 14, 15 sound horrendous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, no, I, I'm very glad I missed that. I didn't lose my virginity until I was like 19. Yeah, yeah. I was 18, turning 19 yeah. with my long-term high school boyfriend. Yeah. Very lovely, very respectful. Yeah, same. Do not have a bad experience. No, yeah, my first, my first experience was actually really nice. And yeah. we talked about everything about me beforehand so I felt yeah. really comfortable and it's about that it's about not feeling rushed by society and not feeling like you have to do something that you don't feel comfortable with or with someone that you don't feel comfortable with yeah. either and I think yeah my first time obviously I uh, I mean that experience I hadn't done that before mm. and I didn't know what pain I would be in because I'd never experienced it before mm. and it was incredibly not what any of my friends were referring to when speaking yeah. to. So I panicked, I cried. I was like, I'm abnormal. Something is wrong here. This is not what's meant to happen. And yeah. this is not what's how it's meant to feel. But I was very lucky. I had a very supportive boyfriend at the time. Mm. He was lovely. He held the space and I was uneducated. I didn't know the reason why for it. This was all yeah. pre-diagnosis of mm. all of my conditions. Um, but he was incredibly kind about it. So I don't, I don't, I'm very lucky that the, my first experience wasn't a traumatic one. Cause I feel like I've been through enough trauma recently mm. that I, I can't, I can't fault the person yeah. for what he was in that space. I really yeah. can't. So I'm grateful for that. But like what Sean said, like, even when you talk about dating with a chronic illness, like Sean said about um, drinking, like, I think we put this idea out that the ideal date is going out for dinner and drinks. And so for Sean, it might be drinking, mm. But for me, yeah. it might be food. So food for me can be a huge trigger. Mm. I don't want to tell some guy like, oh, I'm going to tell him I'm gluten free. I got to work out where I can eat. I got to work out what triggers me. Like, And that causes me stress. And yeah. then my gut flares up all about just with the anxiety of it all. Yeah. So change the way you go on dates like it doesn't have to be dinner and drinks all the time totally. do something you feel comfortable doing yeah. and you feel like you know you will be your best self doing totally and you don't have to hide or mask how you're feeling like I said to Sean I went on a date with a guy that I saw for about four months this year and I felt so sick at dinner and it was clearly an endo flare-up I had the sweats I went clammy my gut like dropped I was like oh my god I don't know if I need to go to the bathroom or if I'm gonna faint I started going starry and like cloudy in the eyes but I just pretended I was fine all dinner and I didn't eat that much because I thought I was gonna projectile yak I went to the bathroom I took an anti-nausea I took a gastro stop which is a normal thing for me to have to do to have in your bag and one in my yeah. bag but two I have to take that all the time yeah. that, that that is my life but I hit it mm. and like I'm angry at myself for hiding it now and we were together for like two or three months at the time and I could have been open about it yeah but I didn't want to burden him because he'd booked this lovely romantic dinner yeah so I just kind of pushed through mm. but I felt like shit yeah. and I didn't enjoy myself and the whole time the back of my head was like, will he pick up on this? And yeah, yeah. He was like, you didn't eat much. And I was like, oh, no, I had a late lunch. I fucking didn't. Yeah. Like, 
We that's the thing, like we in the back of our minds we constantly feel like we are a burden, right? Or we're scared of becoming a burden for that person. And it's just this whole idea around we can't be our authentic selves and allow someone to see us for our authentic self because we fear that that person is going to reject us and all that we cannot control nor change. So it's the idea of becoming this burden to your potential partner or actual partner that is this constant battle. And people with chronic illnesses, we've tended to have to become very independent very early on in our lives or early on in our diagnosis because we've been let down by other people in the past. So the natural remedy for that is to do it yourself. So you care for yourself, you manage your pain yourself, and you don't let people see the true pain that you're currently in or how you're currently feeling. Yeah. Because you don't want to be that burden to them. So you put on this mask of I'm okay when really inside all you need is someone to help you or help support you or just take off a little bit of the load yeah, just to get you through. But that then impedes on your dating life because you're holding back some part of yourself to your partner. it's a big part. Like it's, it's not, a huge part. It's not a little part. And it, like it's really, it's really hard. Like we shouldn't have to apologize that that is mm. a part of us. Like we, we can't let anyone question our worthiness of love or being loved, but we do. We hide that part of us because we're scared that it will make us less lovable, yeah. I think. And it's really hard. Like There's parts of it like we need to be patient when dating too because for Sean and I, it did take us a long time to wrap our heads around our diagnosis and how it affects us. So you have to realise, you flip the coin, that it's going to take the person you're dating a while to process it too but if they are the right person mm. then they will take that time and want to be there and that's something I've had to remind myself of a lot recently yeah for sure and like it's hard dating is hard like dating is hard for everyone not just people with chronic illnesses Absolutely. and I think you have to remember that like we have to be resilient like yeah everyone gets dumped I'm sure Beyonce got dumped maybe once Beyonce got cheated on she did I just listened to uh, a big doco about that. Um, like, exactly. I was like, did. man, yeah. if we all don't have a hope, like yeah, if, if Beyonce, Beyonce herself, yeah. the queen. Yeah. So that's what I mean. Like everyone has gone through some hard times in a relationship and having a chronic illness is an added flavor, a bit of space mm. on top, but it, it's worth fighting for if it's the right person. Yeah. And for the right person, you won't be that burden, yeah. right? But in, in that, so obviously we've spoke about it before that I've been in my current relationship now for three years and Zach and I have grown together over those three years and I've learned how to let him in to how I'm feeling. And but you two do put a lot of energy and effort into doing the work. Correct. Which is the thing. Yeah. This is not like they've grown and they've not had to stress about it or worry about it. Yeah. They have put the time and effort into it, yep. which I think is a sign of an adult mature relationship and which when I reflect on mine, I probably didn't yeah, do that sure. enough. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I have been very open um, and honest with Zach from the very beginning. And it was actually one of the early conversations that we had in our friendship before we started dating that he was interested in me was because I was um, speaking about my um, chronic illnesses and my experiences with an open heart. And he found that super attractive that I trusted him enough to give him that side of me and to give that information to him. And he really appreciated that. And he built upon that and he read my blog that I learned later on about my condition and, you know, just educated himself. And that for me is like an amazing quality to have in a person with you to do life with. And like Zach and I, we want to be the best versions of ourselves for ourselves, but also for each other. So like we've been to couples therapy to learn ways to better communicate because both of us have been through different things and we've experienced different things and we bring that to every relationship. And so I have had previous experiences where my exes have said some nasty things to me about my chronic illness, which was when we were talking about our future and around having children. And he outrightly said to me that he didn't want kids because let's face it, you'll die before me and then I'll be stuck with kids that I don't want. 
And that was a conversation that we had. And that for me should have been the point that I was like, this is not Red right. Flag. Red flag. Yeah. But I didn't, I rolled on because I was comfortable in the relationship. And at the end, you know, looking back over that relationship and reflecting, there were many times in it that I should have been stronger in myself and recognized that I was in it for the wrong reasons. And it wasn't the environment that I should be in. Um, but like, it was even in that relationship, his conversation to his family about me early on, um, his mom actually said to him, like, are you sure you want to date someone with this much going on? So already he's got, he's been told from his surrounding support circle, like it's a bit, she's a bit much, like it's a lot to deal with. Are you sure you can handle that? Which in some ways I respect in that he has to make an assessment of whether he wants to put in that amount of energy into something. But also that's horrible to hear as a person who's dating their son mm -hmm. to be like, oh, they actually think that I'm a lot and a burden already mm -hmm. so what chance does he have and that's the inf that's the information that we get sometimes and that's what we get given to deal with you know and that's rough it's shit like that's a rough yeah. time and so bringing that into a new relationship Zach actually had a lot of work to do to kind of convince me that I was in a safe enough space to not be taught by my past experience yeah I think I think that was like, obviously I said the guy that I was seeing for the last four months, obviously Sean knew him well, knows me very well, but I definitely tried to go in and do the work. I said mm. to Sean, like, teach me the ways that you and Zach op openly communicate and talk about these things. Mm. And for me, I really wanted to put the effort in and I wanted to enter something being open and completely honest. And I think I was, but he he had so much growth to do in that yep. area and was so emotionally unavailable, even though he tried. Mm. Um, and he kind of just flipped overnight, which is hard. And it's so hard because for me, like uh, Sean said, like had to work on trusting Zach and letting Zach in. Mm. I think that's my biggest thing now is trust and letting people in because, I mean, I worked really hard at that mm. for four months and yep. it flipped overnight. Yep. Um, it like it went from long distance might be hard for a bit. I want to make this work to ghosting me yeah and I think that was the biggest thing with my ex because it flipped yeah and so for me like I mean looking at the recent relationship maybe there were a few red flags and I think I did do a lot of work for not get not getting a lot back yeah but my previous relationship the one I was referring to about the fridge um <laughs> Like we were together, like Sean said, with her ex-relationship, maybe like four, four and a bit, five, uh, five, four and a half years. I don't know, something like that. Um, but we were very serious. We had a house. Mm. We had a dog. Mm. We had family planned. We'd spoken about that. Yeah. We, I had picked and designed an engagement ring, like, and not having him in my life was never an option. It was mm. it was something that when I met him, I knew from day one that this this was a good thing. Yeah. And so now I really struggle dating because I know how good it can be. So yeah. I can't even two years now looking back, I can't look back and go, oh, Jess, next time don't settle for this or mm. next time someone speaks to you like this. Mm it's not a good sign. Yeah. And, and we had something really, really great for a really, really long time. And yeah. it all just kind of, it, it's a really long story and I'm just going to skim, but we, we were both at a point in our lives where we were working really hard and mm. we hadn't had leave or had some quality us time. And I remember on the couch talking to him about, say like, let's try and book a holiday or a weekend away for your mm. birthday and he just kind of didn't give me much back. And he was a guy that was full of life and charismatic and the life of the party. And I was like, oh, that'd be off. Anyway, my parents were in Europe. And so I didn't have my biggest support people there. And I was yep. just really confused. I was on a month of night shift. I was, you know, nights make you flat and depressed yeah. and sad as it is. you don't see sunlight. No. Nah, and I, anyway, he, 
I remember coming back. It was kind of a bit awkward. We, I remember speaking about it. I remember crying on the couch to him like, what? Like, I feel like you're quite distant. I yeah. couldn't work out what was going on. Then like, I remember a couple of days later, I went to night shift and driving home from night shift, he was obviously driving to work and we'd normally call. Yeah. And I, I called him and I said, like, just talking shit, like while he was on the way to work. And he just dropped, I've thought of a life without you. And I'm 50-50 on whether I want you or not. Whoa. This was in the same month that we had like spoken about engagement rings. I was like, what? Sorry, what? And I remember ringing my mum and dad who were in Greece, just hysterical. I couldn't work it out. Anyway, I woke up from my night shift nap and he'd, he'd gone. He'd gone to his mum's for a week. That's crazy. I know. And so he went to his mum's for a week and he was like, I think I need space. And I was like, oh God, okay. So we didn't talk much. I didn't really understand because like I said, for four years, we were good. Everything was great. There was no shit time. So I just didn't understand what was happening. And then he, I was on a, uh, a late early a Saturday, Sunday. And I came home. Oh, no, no, no. I was on an early, early. Anyway, I got home. Doesn't really matter. In the afternoon, he'd been at footy. He'd come back and he said he was going out. And I said, oh, like, could we not do something tonight? Maybe like we're a bit fragile. You've been living back with your mum. Could we not do something for us? Maybe just put some effort and time into it. He's like, no, I'm going to go out with the footy boys. Like, do you want me to just get you something out of the freezer to eat and that's when I was like okay this person has changed he's not he's not the person that he was anyway he left he didn't come back that night the next morning he told me he was with his mum and my friend was like "Mm, I've just seen on his snapchat location he is not with his mum he is at a suburb that we don't have any friends that live in Mm. and so then all these unanswered questions came up and I remember the Following week, I got home on a Sunday shift. I walked in the door. He'd been at his mum's. He'd just moved back in. He texted me during the day saying, I've moved back all my stuff back in. Let's see when you get home. And I walked through the door on a Sunday night. My parents had just flown in from Europe. And he said, I don't love you anymore. I was like, pun, you've just been messaging me all day. I've been at work. You just moved all your stuff back in. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, nah. And I was like, what the fuck? And it was like, honestly, he just flipped a lid. I remember like, I remember texting his parents and his brother to thank them for everything. Cause when you break up with someone, you lose a whole part of your life. Yeah, like, like you a lose whole so family. many people. Yeah. And I remember, and his dad and stepmom thought I was joking. Mm. They were like, no, 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 you'll work it out. His brother wasn't in the country. And when I messaged him, he was like, fuck off. No, you haven't. Like no one believed it. Cause it came as such a shock to yeah. everyone. Yeah. Anyway, he just started packing a backpack. He left and I'd rung my parents, like, couldn't breathe, ringing my parents. They'd just landed. They'd flown to my house. and Not they, flown, drove. Drove, drove <laughs> after getting off the plane. And they kind of crossed paths with him as he left. And that is wild. My dad was too angry to look or talk to him. He just sat in my living room. And my mum was just beside herself saying, what happened? Who are you? Like, I don't know who you are anymore. For them, they were like losing a son. He yeah. like lived at my parents' house while we are saving for our house. Like, mm. you know, and I, I just never forget me and mum were like, it's like there's someone else. Like, and that's what we both said, exactly yeah. that quote. Anyway, he took a backpack, he left, he went back to his mum's and his mum actually messaged me and said, how dare you accuse my son of there being someone else? plot twist (laughs) (laughs) um anyway so you know the following week was his football grand final and my brother thought I'm gonna go to this because I don't really understand what's going on between you two yeah so I'm gonna be the bigger person we're still mates I think I mean I haven't spoken to him I'm gonna go my other mates are playing I'll go anyway my brother had mentioned a comment at my birthday that that year a few months earlier to say that a woman that he worked with was at my birthday. My brother was like, I don't have a good feeling about her, Jess. And I was drunk on my birthday in a happy relationship. Yeah. There was no red flag. I was like, fuck off, Ben. I mean, it's fine. Yeah, you don't know Ben. Anyway, at the football grand final, she was there. Oh, she was there. The week later. Whoops. Comfortably sitting with, with his the family. Fam. With the fam, fam. Yeah. Can I just tell you, the day before the football grand final was his beautiful cousin's funeral. Mm-hmm. He hadn't told his family, so 
everyone at a funeral that I was, I didn't know what had just happened to my life. And everyone was like, Jess, why aren't you sitting up the front? Why aren't you sitting in the front row with the family? Mm. Why have you not walked in with him? Mm. Like, what are you doing? So many questions. So many questions. And it was just, it was, it was horrendous. And then, yeah, the next day she was out the football grand final. So you put two and two together. But the point of this story is that he, (laughs) he left with a backpack Mm. and started a new life that Mm. next day. I had to live with that for so long. Yeah. I, we were in a de facto relationship. We had a home together. Mm-hmm. I had to go to family court. That's wild. At 25, I felt more isolated from my friends mm. than I ever had before because I was effectively going through a divorce yeah. in my mid-20s. Yeah, without the wedding. Yeah, so at 25, I'm I'm doing family court paperwork. I'm signing documents on a piece of paper. I just remember crying hysterically because I saw mine and his name on this piece of paper that I never thought mm. we would come to. And I had so many unanswered questions like, when did it start? When did you start feeling like this? How can it just instantly flip, you know? Mm. And it was it was traumatic and it was horrible. And I remember... I had to build the strength because we didn't know what was going to happen with the house and I ended up buying his half out. Mm. Strong, independent woman. Mm, yeah. I'm a survivor. Anyway, so I did that. <laughs> but over the next seven months, he didn't take anything else from the house. I had messaged him my times that I was at work for him to come and get everything. But he'd like take a couple of trivial things mm. and leave it. And I remember on a 42 degree, I don't know why I did on a 42 degree day in the middle of summer. So he left in winter by summer. I was like, I need to fucking clean my house out of his shit. Like Mm -hmm. he, this needs to go. Yep. So on a 42 degree day, Mm -hmm. I remember cleaning out my shed, Mm -hmm. crying hysterically going through all his memory stuff, like his trophies from when he was little, Mm. his fucking birth certificate, like all his important things. He left at the, like we're we're seven months down the track and Trev, my neighbor, he popped his head over the fence. He's like, are you okay, love? Do you want a head? I was like, no, Trev, what the fuck? Anyway, and it was just a really, really hard time. And I had no clarity and, and no explanation and no understanding of what was going on. And I just, I was instantly replaced. Mm. And I, I don't understand how you can just fall, just walk out of someone's life and slot so easily into another's. Like I, I really struggled with that. And, you know, for someone who battles a lot of chronic illnesses, I find dating now so hard because I carry the trauma and baggage of that. Cause I'm like, fuck, something could be really good yeah. for four years. And then, they just flip and he I gave him multiple opportunities to talk and meet so I could get the clarity of you know what the fuck happened yeah. but I never got it and mm. he he wanted the half he wanted the dog as well and my, my parents have his twin brother so we were never going to split them up but mm. I said you know if you pay for half of his knee because keep in mind he'd booked leave for the dog who had booked in for his first knee recon and I was like, oh, if you rock up with some of the money, like I was throwing money at the house, throwing mm. money at the dog. I was just, I was so stressful. And the worst part of it all was ringing every single adult joint thing you have together, which mm. when you're together is everything. So yep. I'm talking health insurance. I'm talking electricity, gas, water, mm. the dog's insurance, yep. the dog's vet the whole stuff, shebang. everything. I, I net fucking everything. <laughs> and I had to ring yep. and say, no, no, we're, we're no longer joint owners. No, no, it's me. No, no, can you swap it all to my card? Yeah. And I had to relive it every call because he just took a backpack and left. Yeah, you And there to was sort it no out. adult responsibility. So I carried this ongoing trauma for months and months and months and months and months. And mm. he just carried on blissfully with the woman that, my brother had flagged and that I had raised uh, that I was concerned when he started going a bit flaky mm. and he continues to do that. But I had to do so much self work mm. to get me to a point where I felt worthy of love again. Yeah. And I, I sometimes it's very easy to fall back into the hole of, Oh, well maybe life's plan for me that I'm going to be alone forever, mm. that I'm not going to have anyone. And that, 
that is why I'm so successful and I have my dog and I've got everything for myself because that's just, it's just not meant to be for me. And I really struggle with that. And looking back, like I know, I think Sean and Zach do such an amazing job at opening up and talking about how they can strengthen their relationship. And, you know, if we're talking about intimacy, we lacked intimacy looking back yeah. in my relationship. But fuck, we had such a good time. Yeah. Like that that wasn't the be all and end all of our relationship. There was so much more to it that it didn't concern me. Yeah, yeah. But looking back at it now, I don't think he understood or he didn't put the time and effort in. Mm. And equally, I didn't probably make him have those discussions with me yeah 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 because I at that point that was when like I was saying back in episode one or two I had blocked that part of me I tried to ignore the fact yeah. I was like I had that op that problem should be fixed now but my symptoms were underlyingly getting worse yeah yeah and I just ignored them and the, I was so I was ignoring that so I with, was withdrawing when it came to intimacy because yeah. there were big problems I needed to work on but we didn't actually talk about it and yeah I mean, I, I still don't know to this day what happened. I don't know why it fell apart. I don't know why I, why I was never enough. I really don't. And it's really, really, really hard. And I carry that now when dating because I'm like, fuck, I don't want to open up and give someone all of this. And it's emotionally hard to yeah, let someone in. I don't want to let someone if if they're just going to do this to me again. Yeah. And the last time I did, like, fuck, just slap me in the face. Didn't yeah. You? And, and that's the hard part is that you have to be so brave every time. And like living with a chronic illness, you just feel like you're constantly fighting and being brave. And you're just like, I just want something to go easy for once, but nothing comes easy that's worth it. Right. So you have to work at stuff and being brave enough to put yourself out there you build up that repetition and you build up that strength the more you do something the stronger you get at it and so by allowing someone in that is potentially going to bring something to your life like that's priceless and yeah it might not be forever and it may only be for a small amount of time but the lesson that you've learned or the experience that you've had at the time is worth it and it's about moving through that emotion but it's like it's a hard thing and you blame yourself because all you have you you question it and for me like I was like oh it's because you know I'm too much like it's too much to deal with like I don't blame him it's a lot like how possibly can I be stupid enough to assume that someone would love me enough past my chronic illnesses and my medications and my blood tests and my doctor's appointments and my pain and my scars and my not wanting to be intimate also because of the fears from that so you put this massive pressure on yourself to over Oh, overestimate people's ex, uh, um, rejection, I guess, and underestimate their support. Yeah. Because you don't want to be hurt again. Yeah. But from my experience um, in my current relationship, opening up and sharing that side of yourself is an intimate moment. So it's about learning how to be intimate in other ways. And it's about building your relationship to fit both of you. And that's both scary and exciting at the same time because it's new for me. Like I've yeah. never been in a relationship before where open communication is like a must yeah. and it's a safe space. And I'm resistant and reluctant at times to do that because everything in me in my past is telling me not to. Yeah. But this man is telling me it's safe to try yeah. Yeah. And from that, we've been able to build closer and closer together yeah. and we've just built up stronger. And so my hip surgery is coming up in November and I had to have a very scary discussion with Zach in our relationship in because I'm going to be what I loathe wanted to be yeah. is a burden. He's going to have to care for me. And my previous experience was that my partner ran away from that yeah. and literally didn't want to do anything with that it scared them yeah and I mean that's like I even said in whatever episode it was that when I was dating that last guy and he left me in hospital yeah. when I was sick and septic but like Sean said I'd thrown everything into that relationship mm. I'd worked on communication yep. I was open and so I can look at back at that and go 
I gave that everything and yep. so that wasn't meant to be. So yep. I, I think about that in a very different way to my relationship prior because I can look at that and go, I threw it all in. I mm. gave my heart, my soul. I opened up to that person mm. and we weren't meant to be. He no. wasn't enough and he he could – I think I was too much and that's okay. I was too much for him and yep. we weren't meant to be. And that, no. and I, I can reflect on that without – but getting upset yeah uh, like it hurt of course it hurt at Naturally. the time and I'm sure we will see each other again mm. which it makes it hard but mm. I'm in a place to go no no I definitely deserve better and I yeah. we we tried to work on it and mm. we couldn't match up to we didn't live up to each other's expectations no and, and it's it, about knowing your own worth though yeah, right like the sooner you get an a figure in your head of how much you're worth yeah you know that you will not accept I, anything yeah, less. And I'd speak to Sean and Sean be like, red flag. Yep. Let's work through it. We'd work through it. And Sean would be like, okay, yeah, all right, let's see how it goes. And then there'd be red flag, right, we'd work through it. Mm-hmm. And there's only so much you can put up with that. Like, yep. you know, if, and especially something that early on, it shouldn't be that hard. No. And you can only give what you get back. Yeah. You know, there are going to be times where the person physically cannot. And that's okay because it should come back to you in another yeah. in another way it should balance out but if it's again much like relate and friendships if it's a numerical sum that is way more on one side yeah. continually that is not sustainable yeah. and that is not healthy and so that's the end goal right but you've got to get through all of this you got to do all the math <laughs> in between all of the math in between and all of the jumping jacks and diving and dunking and you know the whole jungle gym of dating beforehand but if you know your worth you will never settle for something less than that and that is the true thing you are not a burden to the right person and you just have to find that person those people and that's the that's the fun part is being able to experience life with other people and not everyone's going to be for you and you're not going to be for everyone you're not supposed to be. Yeah. I think that's why it hurts so much because like in these last two years, I've had such a huge personal growth, but I've not only lost the relationship, yeah. I lost the friends as well. Yeah, so yeah. it was just this snip after snip after snip. And like I know now and I'm in a position where with my growth and my ability to be able to self-reflect that mm. I'm, I'm not the person I was back then and ha- – the result of how I've been treated, I will never let someone treat me like that again. And I will never let friends walk over me like that again. And I'm strong enough now to know what I deserve. Mm. I'm just finding it seems to be very fucking hard. It's so hard. So hard. I just want like a sexy, beautiful man. Who's intelligent. Who's intelligent and kind, either like a surfy homeless vibe or chocolate, either option. Either option or one of both. Oh, stop. Stop. (laughs) Get me a new pair of Mickeys. (laughs) But seriously, I just want someone dropped to my front door. Make my life so easy. Like, oh, you're for me? Wicked. Are you going to stay? Awesome. Problem solved. Like, silvered. Like, oh, it'd be so good. But yeah, I, and I do know that. And that's why I'm not casually dating yeah. also because of the physical issues. But because I don't have that need to yeah. fill a void with someone else. Someone else. <laughs> I had a lisp. Um, someone <laughs> else giving me that self-worth. Like yeah. I don't, I now don't look into someone else to give me that, that, that feedback. Instant, yeah, that, that instant, instant gratification. gratification. Yeah. Jinx. Jinx. Love that. Always. We always do it. Always. At least once. But uh, yeah, I don't need that anymore, which I think is great. Yeah. I think it's scary because it makes me very independent and it's very easy to just chipper along on my way and completely remove dating. That can be super intimidating as well for So my brother, he's like, oh yeah, I get why no one dates you. I'm like, oh, really? Why? Please enlighten me. Because I've been like, what the fuck has happened to my life? What's happened to me in these last few years? What am I missing, Ben? And he's like, you're really fucking intimidating. Like, you've got all your shit together. You're hell successful. You've got, like, a huge fucking house, sick dog. Like, and you're just, like, you're straight and you're blunt and you're you're funny and you're, you're, like, pretty and, like, you're just intimidating. Yeah. I'm like, I thought that would make me, like, more yeah look. It doesn't. Fucking men are dumb. (laughs) The thing is, though, right, is that another story about living in a feminine world and patriarchal society blah 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 etc etc however we've been taught as women passively or 
directly that we take up too much space. So we want to take as little space as possible and be as less intimidating as possible and not be our authentic selves. And you know what? It's not worth it. It's not for me. That's not, it's not for me. It's not worth it. No. It's too hard basket. You should but shine. I, I ain't shrinking myself no. for some other motherfucker. You shine, girl. girl. You shine. We, shine. we all shine. Shine bright like a diamond. Exactly. <laughs> it's not shine like a rock, is it? No. It's diamond. Big diamond. That shit's expensive. I've, yeah. I'm going to buy myself a big diamond. Yes, you do that. I need a better job, sweetie, before you. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. (laughs) I was just thinking about a story about um, with exes and and just funny and moving out and stuff. So with my ex is really funny and really bad. Um, We used to live in a rental together and I opted to move out because his family weren't up in Perth. And um, we went round, me and my family and my friend, and uh, we went and got all of my stuff from the house. Anyway, we're moving the bed because literally everything in the house was mine. Like I'd bought everything. And uh, we moved. Um, the, I was taking stuff off the bookshelf and I could see that next to the bed on his side of the bed was just a packet of condoms and a fresh lube that I'd never seen before. And I was like, cool. Classy cool. boy. You knew I was coming, but you couldn't hide them. You just left that in plain view. Nice. So I left a little At note. At least he waited to you guys to break up well, before yeah, he started sure. doing Who knows? it. Like, I don't, again, I, still, I don't well, know yeah, either. Neither. I don't know. Um, so I <laughs> left a little note saying like, nice, and just left all of the condoms and the lube on the bed. And then I get a phone call later that day being like, I think that note was really rude. I was like, oh, do you know what them. I think's rude? Oh, and just listen let to this, Lish. sweetie. Yeah. So I let Leisha, I was like, you knew I was coming around and yeah. getting our stuff. You didn't think that would be emotionally scarring enough. You thought that you'd just leave your used packet condom on yeah. the side of the bed like that was sick yeah that yeah. shows how much you appreciate me and respect me zero yeah a percent oh yeah i got the like 18 months later uh can when can you text me when my gas license and my driver's license comes sweetie you haven't lived here for a year this is not your address yeah. you do not change, your change address. it like yeah. do you want to tell do you want me to tell you what's fucking annoying don't <laughs> Like, well, so the condom thing happened and then the day after came to pick up the big stuff like the bed with the moving truck right so my dad and my friend's boyfriend lift the bed and underneath the bed there's more fucking condoms right Jesus. so anyway by that point i was like take everything because previously i was like no we'll leave him something so that he can live and like i was like take the duster take, it all. take the vacuum i bought everything it's mine let's go that was like me when i was packing his boxes from the shed and i was getting so angry and crying to Trev over the fence and I'm like yeah look at that big blown up photo of me and him hey should I stick that on the top of the box just somebody opens it it's just my face yeah I'll do it I'll do it Trev Trev's like yeah babe do it do it do it do it so then we were packing up everything and everything finished and then my um, stepdad god love him um, there's an evil streak in that man and he went Sean, we have to do something I was like no we're bigger people we're just gonna leave he's like let me get a fish and put it in a vent (laughs) (laughs) I was like, no, 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 we're not going to do that. We're not going to do so that. My dad would do. Oh, right. And I was like, no, we're bigger people. Let's go. It's fine. This chapter of my life is done. We're moving on. He was like, oh, fine. He was like, just let me do one thing. And he got the remote control and hid it for yeah, the that, TV. That is, that is that so I was like, just dad. let me do one thing. I was like, fine. I'm not looking. And then he hid the remote control. And then I haven't heard from him since. So I who knows? That. He might not have never found I love it. That. But yeah. anyway, so look. Past stories, they're a good laugh and they're points to learn from. However, if you can just build upon yourself and build the best version of yourself, anyone will be an added to that. Yeah. You know? That's that's the most important thing. Yeah. I don't need anyone. I don't I don't need that gratification. No. You guys work on yourselves and I'm constantly still doing the work. And it's hard. And like I said before, we're very open in talking about all of this and men- the mental health that comes with chronic illnesses. Yeah, yeah. And the second he left and flipped my life upside down, I was like, mm-hmm. right, rung my girlfriend who'd gone through something super similar. The day mm. before, I was like, who is your GP that put you on a mental health plan, sweetie? Because this gal needs some fucking help ASAP. ASAP. So I, the next week I was like, right, this is my story. I don't know what the fuck's happening, but I need to do something before my mental health crumbles and I can't look after myself anymore. Yeah. And she was like, Oh God, Jess, you're very, she was like, you're very proactive. And you realize, Jess, that in a relationship, when this happens, the person with the problem is the one that needs the help. You don't need help, Jess. And I was mm. like, 
yeah, yeah, I'm aware. But like, just in case I start to not be okay, I need something on yeah. board. We need and to be so ready. I started seeing a psych every yeah. week. And really, she was really fucking sweet. She was lovely. Mm. I didn't fucking learn anything because she was just like, yes, queen, yes, queen, yes, queen. <laughs> the whole time. Yeah. She's like, here's a cock, here's a dick, you can do better. Yeah. So like, but it was just a place where I could vent yeah. objectively. Yes. She know me, she know him. She was telling me I was doing the right things. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I did, like I said, I don't even know, again, earlier on in the season of episodes, I did talk about a time where I developed kind of a a toxic, uh, I don't know, a toxic strive to succeed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, i got to be the best at this and I've got to have a six-pack and I've got to dance all the time because he wanted me to dance but I didn't because work took over. But now that he's not there, i got fucking time. So i got to be a dancer and I've got to do this and I've got to do that and mm-hmm. I'm going to get that job that I always wanted that no one thought I would get and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that and I'm going to renovate a house and I'm going to yep. buy the house and it – and I did it all. Exhausting. Oh. Exhausting. No spoons left. I did it all, but I did it and didn't deal with how I was feeling underneath. Yeah. So I probably didn't crumble until 12 months after he'd left because yeah, sure. I filled the void with succeeding. Everyone was like, fuck yes, queen, look at you go. Yeah. But I hadn't dealt with the underneath bit or yep. the self-love, self-worth bit, which we're telling you all to focus on. Don't do what I did. Do it earlier. It's much earlier. We're, t- we're, we're advising against what we've done. Yeah. Because we've Learned lived from through experience, it. experience, everyone. Yeah, yes. look, it's it's a hard road and you just need to be kind to yourself and you will find someone who matches your level and will be supportive and be what you need as an extra in your life. I hope so. You will. I believe it. Thanks, sister. I'd date you if I was a guy. Look, I've thought about dating chicks. I really have, but I just can't do... A lot of emotion. Chochas, punanis and emotion. That's a lot. <laughs> There's a only lot. room for one of those in this yeah, in this yeah. life. And mine doesn't work, so I couldn't even think of having to deal with another one. <laughs> <laughs> be so jealous of it working. Yeah, I'd probably hate them. Yeah. yeah. Ugh, you and your uterus you and working. Your working bits. <laughs> How dare you? Yeah, yeah. No, How dare you? Look... I'm I'm looking forward to the um, update on the dating life, though, sister. It's not going well. It's been like a whole fucking four days since we've spoken about it last. It's not good. There's well, no updates. Well, yeah, no, but I'm 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 excited in the investment that we're going to do. Okay. Over the next however many weeks, months, years. All right. It's going to be great. Okay, I'm glad everyone's coming along <laughs> for the fucking exhausting ride. ride. God, we got to live vicariously through you, sister. You don't want to at the moment. No, I it's don't. Yeah, <laughs> I'm happy where I am. Yeah, got way much. better, sis. I can assure you. <laughs> All right, let's move on to questions and quotes. So, question for you, sister. What's your ideal date? Oh, this is fun. There you go. I can tell you what my ideal it's date is. less traumatic than my it's, previous questions. Yeah, I'm like, I'm on, I was feeling pretty like, Ugh, but now I'm on the uphill. Yeah. Okay, my ideal date. This sounds so like Dude, fucking high school Dude, you a really musical. good quote opportunity there from Miss Congeniality. I'm terrible with movies. Get Dude, over it. What's your favorite date? She's like, well, I would say the 15th of April because it's not too cold and oh, yeah, it's not yeah. too hot and you can just wear a, a sweater and it'll be fine. When really I'm, he's asking yeah, what I'm asking I, I you of, what's your And date? I, do, I did remember it as you said that. Yeah, thank you. Um, but my actual ideal date date, mm-hmm. I fucking love musicals. So my ideal date would mm-hmm. be. Take note, everybody. Take note, any male listeners out yeah. there, if you just want to slide into my DMs like a bit like the scar cream from the other <laughs> week. No one has fucking slid in. I had a few girls slide in and say, I don't have any, but I've tried a few. And if you find one that works, can you message me back? And I'm like, no, so that's not what I want. But slide into the DMs if you have any date potentials or you're ready and excited for this date. Or have a scar cream. Or have a scar cream. Thank you. Um, my, So it would be like, it depends if 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 we've had a few dates and like we're comfortable and stuff. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm thinking crown. Okay. Not because it's a crown, yeah. because I want to go to the theatre. Yeah, the so theater. I want to go to like a cute dinner. I want to dress up. I want yep. to wear a cute dress, cute makeup, go out to dinner, yep. pre-cocktail, pre-show cocktail, yeah. and then go and watch a musical. Love that. I fucking love that. Men hate me. No, 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 I've dated a few that have participated in those activities. But 
go to a musical. Yep. Because like afterwards, I am like buzzing, buzzing on life. I'm Pumped. like, why the fuck am I a nurse? I'm meant to be on Broadway. Like, take me there, and yep. I am my best self. And so then, after a musical, mm-hmm. I want to go. Yep. Dancing. We have to dance. Okay. Somewhere that's fun, not gross, not where I'm dancing like sardines. I need space to move. Yeah. Um, I need fucking space and I want to dance. Mm-hmm. And then I want to come back. And then like if we've got a hotel room, cute. Yeah. Little bath. Ideal. So oh, nice. Okay. So nice. Um, Solo bath or duo bath? A duo bath. I actually on Valentine's... Was it Valentine's... No, it wasn't Valentine's Day. What day did I do that? It I was really nice. When we stayed in the city and did all those things and went out dancing and then we had the oh, duo yeah, bath. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. was so lovely. Because he listened and that was ideal day and he booked it. Good on him. Shame it didn't work out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so then like a cute bath, mm, maybe mm-hmm. a little massage Ooh. all around. And yeah, that would be just like a full day of activities, but getting dressed up and a musical and dancing. Wow. Uh, the essentials. That is an essential day. I uh, like that. It's my fave. Start to finish. I'm, I'm yeah, all about what's it. What's yours? Go on. Um, well, ideal day. I've actually, well, uh, I can I tell you my favorite day instead? Oh, cute, like I a favourite date story. Yeah, yeah I love yeah, that. Okay, so my favourite date, and I have a memento of this specific date, um, was the the most high school date I've ever been on as an adult. So we went to um, Sizzlers because I'd never been there before um, and I had my first Sizzler experience. I know a lot of people that got food poisoning from that place. I was fine, it was fine. Okay. I, try, I tried the special bread that you get. It is the best date, get. so I hope you didn't yeah, get yeah. sick, sis. So, you know, I was fine, no, no sickness. Um, the all cheesy good. bread. Cheesy bread, yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. Tried that um, weird experience. Um, I would never, ever go back there because, like I you said, it's a the ti- Do you remember the tiny marshmallows? No. They were tiny. They were like one centimetre by one centimetre cubes and they were tiny marshmallows. Well, Zach used to always have this, like, childhood memory of um the moose because it used to yes, be like a the the moose. spoon oh, the moose with the tiny marshmallows yeah so, so zach loved good. the moose like that's his favorite thing there but then they changed it to single serves and he was yeah, really yeah, upset yeah, yeah, about yeah, it yeah. anyway Feels. that's a side story so i went to sizzlers and then we went to go watch a cartoon movie we went to go watch the spider-man movie as a cartoon and then we went to time zone afterwards cute cute went to time zone had the Did best you take time photos in the photo booth? no we didn't we didn't oh. do that however i went on the space invader game got a high score and got like eight thousand tickets oh, or something cool. it was amazing um and then so what we did is we went to the little cash in bit where you get your, your prize for your tickets yeah. and i had quite a few tickets because i got the high yeah, score yeah. and then i got <laughs> we got the stupidest gifts and <laughs> we got this <laughs> like styrofoam plane that you like wind the thing up and chuck it and then we (laughs) there was these sundial like in your car wallace and grommets and so i got (laughs) i got a um wallace sundial thing and he he has the thing that goes cheese grommet like that little that little (laughs) this is so weird man so then i stuck it on my car and so every time i got in my car i'd look at um wallace and it would remind me of the date it was the cutest day that's a really cute day cutest day it was the best yeah speaking of though just going back to zach yeah um we did put out to everyone about the internal monologue thing yeah Oh yeah, Zach, you That's are your the fun fucking. Fact oh yeah, it is my fun fact follower. Uh, yeah, but um, Zach, you're the minority. I'm sorry, love you, but minority, but not by himself. Eight percent of our listeners had no internal monologue, and ninety two percent did. Mm-hmm. Can confirm today. One of my best friends, who is a psychologist, said no, that is an actual thing, and yep. some people actually do not have internal monologues. Yeah, blew my fucking mind. She was also like, "Would love to know what that's like." Yeah, <laughs> because it's so weird it's, to comprehend. Yeah, you just can't get your head around it. Nah, nah. It's wild. You, uh, my mate they talks to me all the time. Yeah, but Zach tried to explain to me how he thinks a thought and you just can't, he can't explain it. So, you know, like when you think something. So if I I'm think of the color all red. all the time. And think I of say, the color red, red. I said red in my head, yeah. right? I was like, so what do you do if you were to think the color red? And he's like, I just see red. It's like, no, what? Sweetie. How do you, do you see not hear red? It? Do you not hear no, red? No, he hears nothing. Zero things. He hears zero things, but just no. thinks it. I can't. I can't. I don't understand it. I will never understand it. I'm not going to try to understand it. We just accept it. And it's a thing. It's a real thing. It's a thing. So there's people who don't have an internal monologue. You're allowed to not have one because apparently it's a thing. It's a thing. All right. My quote is, where is it? Oh, yeah. Let's, in my little car book, 
Let's dare to be ourselves for what... Let me start again. Let's try again. Sorry. Let's dare to be ourselves for we do that better than anyone else can. That's so nice. Yep. Short and sweet from the car book. From the car book. So mine's actually from a book today, everyone. So when my ex left and I was doing all of the right things for my mental health, I decided to journal. Um, so I wrote down a lot of quotes that I would see in books or social media that resonated with me at the time. Mm-hmm. Now I apologize because I don't actually have the author for this quote. I'm going to guess it's probably Ruby Dahl because everything she says is just amazing. You're going to have to do a fun fight follow up next week. Oh, no, but I'm not going to ever find this because this was two years ago. You're just going to have to Google it, man. Google's amazing. Okay. I'm going to guess it's probably Ruby, but okay, you it can might guess, not but be. You're going to have to do a fun Okay. Follow-up. And so I read a few of them out from my quote book that I'd written a couple of years ago to Sean, mm. and then she picked her favorite with yeah. me for this one. So it's a bit long, but just enjoy my voice. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. I used to think it was about finding someone that swears they are your universe and their reason for living, but I was so wrong. It's about stability. It's about respect. It's about offering the best parts of you to each other and building a fucking team. It's about being complete on your own, but being so much better together. It's not about competitions or jealousy, but encouragement and motivation. I don't want to wake up in the morning and feel like I'm not enough. I want to wake up in the morning and feel like I'm capable of anything because I know I am. If you make me feel anything less than that, then boy, bye. Life is tough. Don't be with someone that overcomplicates it and drains you. It is not a life you want to live. Don't get yourself left on empty. Oh, just a round of applause oh, for the wow. mystery quote. Love that. We love that. That like summarizes the ep so beautifully, oh, doesn't I it? I just love that. It gives me such good vibes. And but now yeah. I'm ready to date everyone. <laughs> <laughs> she's had one glass of red and she's ready Not for anything. Even finished, sweetie. <laughs> anyway guys that's been the episode we hope you've enjoyed it um let us know what you think in the comments like share subscribe yes and like shan said earlier send us some more topics that you'd like us to cover because we're very aware that this is a huge broad never-ending podcast opportunity so throw things out to us that you think are important and we will do our best to research talk and invite special guests if that's what it means yep it's as much your podcast as it is ours so love that for us all right guys. All right.